Hello, hello, hello. It's not just all NFL Draft Week on the Big D Podcast. No, I've got a special guest joining us. Uh, before I bring her in, please subscribe, like, and share the Spunky Spectrum Sports YouTube page where you can see all my draft coverage. Also, check out the Big D Podcast on Spotify and Apple. Well, uh, joining us, usually when she would join joins us, it's from uh, Sacramento, California, but... Uh, Joining us from uh, Spain today is uh, America's race walking chick, Robin Stevens. Robin, uh, what the heck are you doing in Spain? <laughs> Dylan, it's always good talking with you. Um, I have been here since uh, March 7th. I came directly here from Oman, the, the race walk world team championships. And I'm here because my coach is Jacinto Garzon. He's Spanish. And uh, he started coaching me um, a, a few months before the pandemic hit in December of 2019. And so I hadn't seen him in person since the time he started coaching me until the Olympics, until Tokyo. So that was my first time seeing him. And I knew that if I could just have him on site, um, I would get a lot more from his program. And so as soon as I could get out here, I got out here. So I'm out here uh, training with him and my Spanish teammates. It's been incredible. Um, they're all just an amazing group to be training with, a really positive environment. Uh, we also have a couple Ecuadorians um, who were my teammates on, I don't know if you're familiar, but every at the end of the, the race walk tour series for world athletics, it's always the Chi the Chinese host this like huge event called Around Taihu. And it's a three-day event and it's always after worlds. And um it's uh, a way to like for a lot of the athletes to make some money, but in a fun way. Uh it's like the wild, wild west of race walking. Um, the anyway, so the two Ecuadorians that are here, Magale and, and Johanna, um, they uh we were all on a team together. The the um, in 2019 and placed third. And so, uh, in my heart, they're, they're my teammates as well. <laughs> um, so they're, they're out here. Um, uh, Magalu is here, here for the first two weeks and then Johanna's here and then all of our, my Spanish teammates. And it's just been incredible. And I'm here until after all Coruña. So I'm doing the whole, uh, World athletic race walk tour a lot of the races are out here in Europe, so it's just easier to stay out here. Um, came at the sacrifice of missing basically all of my U.S. titles this year. Uh, wasn't able to, to defend any of those just because I felt like it was more beneficial for me, for my overall wellness and just for my personal goals. If I'm, I'm out here um, training with my coach and my teammates here and participating in the World Athletics Series as we get ready for Eugene. That's what I'm. That that's why the heck I'm here. <laughs> Isn't it true that you're living in a cave? I am. They're really popular here, and so I'm in Guadix. It's a, it's a small town. Which fun fact, uh, most of the very famous westerns that uh, Clint Eastwood were in, was in, and all that that people are familiar with, mostly our grandparents. Um, they were filmed here in Guadix. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, the little cave houses are really famous here. Um, so I wanted to make sure I had one since I'm going to be here three months. Um, 
I wanted a place I could cook all my own food. It's controlled temperatures. Uh, so yeah, this, this is a hard rock behind me. <laughs> I'm in my cave right now. <laughs> yeah, that'd be better than my man cave. <laughs> uh, are you in your man cave? It looks like you're in your man cave. Yeah, I'm in my, yep, I'm in my office. <laughs> So uh, you, this past weekend, Robin set a new American record in the 35K walk-in uh, in two hours, 49 minutes in a Dudanza, Slovakia, which is actually a spa town. It's like one of the smallest, its population's like, what, 1,400 people? I think there might have been more waste walkers than people actually in the city. Yeah, it's like the first time ever, right? When the race walkers have taken over a town. <laughs> Wait till Eugene this year, then you're really going to take over. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a really exciting event. Yeah, um, so tell, us, uh, tell us about what you trained did before the race, because it didn't always go well, because you, as we mentioned before, recording, you, you A, stubbed your toe, and then B suffered a, a very annoying hamstring injury a couple of weeks before the race. Yeah, uh, it's not injured. At least that's what my physio here is saying. But it's super tight, like ridiculously tight. And if I'm not careful, I could injure it. Um, so I've been needing regular body work. And my coach, Asinto, has me set up with an amazing guy named Angel, who has actually been an angel for my body here <laughs> with all the work that he's doing. Um, but yeah, about a few weeks ago, I stubbed my toe uh, because as you mentioned, I'm living in a cave like the Flintstones. And so that means my bed, the mattress is comfortable, but it's on top of rock. And I stubbed my toe on it and um, thought I broke it, but uh it was pretty black and purple for several days. And um, I think that's what contributed to my hamstring being super tight from just overcompensation. And I'd been getting regular work, so it wasn't that big of a deal. But then Easter came and it's a huge deal in Spain, Easter. And so they all go on holiday for about two weeks because they celebrated for two weeks. So I went about a week and a half with no work on it. And it was just getting tighter and tighter. And about six days before the race, I, we were doing a 20 K workout and I actually had to stop and, um, and run because I was too afraid to, uh, I didn't want to injure it for due dense. So I just turned to my coach and I had like, I was like fighting back, like tears of pain, like, you know, like, you know, like when it hurts so bad, just like, Ugh, you know, <laughs> and I was just like, it's hurting and I don't want to pull it. I don't want to injure myself before the race and I'm going I'm I knew I was targeting I actually um set three American records um six total if you include masters but three open um and I knew I wanted to go over them I knew my training was had set me up really well that um if I felt good I could likely break all three the 25k 30k and the 35k and hit the standard for the auto qualification time for worlds um but with my leg and, you know, as history has shown itself and my reputation with when I have body aches, you know, like this year, like in January, I had to drop out of our, our national race. Um, 
I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure if it was going to start protesting and screaming in the middle of the race um, or how it would affect me. And, you know, unlike with running, you can do whatever you can to get across that finish line. But in race walk, you can't do that because you can get DQ'd. So um, I really wanted to have a perfect race. It was my birthday week. So I was like, okay, I just want to walk this perfectly. And um, so on race day, I had walked it. I felt good. Um, uh, we, I went out pretty conservatively with my Spanish teammates, uh, Mar and Anthony and um, Marina, and uh, felt pretty good. So then I started chipping it down to 440s per K and felt super comfortable, super relaxed. Um, my coach, every time I went by him, because he was doing our aid, uh, I was like, descansa, descansa, Robin, descansa, chunkia, chunkia. I'm like, I know, I know, I know. Um, but then after a while, and um, I just kept staying on the 440 pace that he, he his tone changed. And he was just like, bueno, 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 you, uh, you look very good, Robin. Keep going, keep going. <laughs> and But you can, you, descansa, you can, you can, because you're way under the time. And uh, he knew I was going, he, he already knew what times he needed for the 25K, the 30K, um, and the 35K American records. Uh, so he knew I was like well below the 25K. So he's like, you can relax if you want. Um, and I felt relaxed. I was like, I, but I am relaxed. Uh, the only thing on the back of my mind was I knew at any moment my hamstring could lock up. And so I was just hoping it would delay. And it did. Um, so I was feeling so good till like the final, and it was right around the final, like eight to 10 K. I was thinking I'm going to start chipping down to like a 435 pace. Uh, Cause I felt that good. I had no idea what place I was in, by the way, I didn't know I was in fourth. I didn't know I, <laughs> I ended up fifth. Cause um, when my leg did lock up um, the girl that I had passed for fourth place, she ended up passing me back. Cause I lost about two to three minutes, but um but I felt pretty good. Like I could keep chipping down and then 8k to go. My hamstring just went <laughs> and it totally locked up and I was going by another girl and I was just like, ah, uh, you know? <laughs> and she's like, Oh my God, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, it's just my hamstring. <laughs> and she kind of looked at me weird. <laughs> and then I just kept going, but oh my gosh, all the pictures that I've seen so far from the race, they must have taken it from early or late in the race because I'm like, <sighs> you know, like my face is just like so in pain. And it was all because I'm just fighting through the pain of my leg. And I only thing that was giving me confidence to keep pushing through was my physio said I wasn't injured. It's just stiff. And my, um, I actually, I talked to Percy from Sweden, um, the other day, because I told him, I was like, oh, I just remember your whole leg was bandaged, bandaged up before uh, Oman. And he ended up winning the 35K in Oman at our, our race walk um, world team championships in early March. And so I was like, I just thought of Percy with this, his whole leg like bandaged up. And um, I was like, OK, well, if he can win a race with his taped up leg, I'm fine. I'm going to be fine. So I just wanted to make sure I didn't um, slow down too much that I, I lost all, you know, like the auto fall. And then um, once I saw Vivian go by from Portugal, uh, from Brazil, uh, she was the one, cause usually once I pass someone, I don't want them passing me back. So I was like, ah, shoot, you know, cause I had a pretty good lead on her. And then when the hamstring locked up, I lost, I lost about two to three minutes. So she got me back. 
but when she she's my like one of my new feel um we're now kip run but uh she's one of part of the kip run family um so when she went by i was like okay i just gotta hang on and i had a perfect race so far no no red calls no yellows so i was just like i just gotta get through with no i do not want any red cards because of this stupid hamstring so um I was really surprised I didn't because it was so it was excruciating. But I just remember the day before the race when we were doing our shake, like our um, just our your muscle activation exercises for the, the race. Um, my coach is running alongside us and he's like, Robin, if your hamstring starts acting up, just know you're gonna have to grit through it. And I was like, Yep, I know. <laughs> and that's what I did is I just gritted through that last 8K. And um, I was just so elated when I came across and saw that time and saw that I could still break 250. Um, and it just felt so good that uh, I'm really glad it worked out. It was a really, because the night before, I was also talking to one of my other international um, friends uh, who's a race walker. And I was telling him like, yeah, it could go either way. It could be a really bad day or it could be a really good day. I don't know with this hamstring, like I know I'm fit. I know my fitness is there, but I don't know what my hamstring is going to decide to do. Um, and I'm really glad that it decided to wait. <laughs> and it gave me a great birthday present because the next um, Sunday was my birthday. So. So was so on a one to 10 scale, what, what did your hamstring feel like the last few K? Oh, like a 10, like a pain. It was it was it was excruciating. <laughs> oh my gosh and then the, the day after we went touring we were touring around Budapest because it's the closest airport because you're right uh Dudens is only 2k long that's how big it is so our course was only 1k so that we weren't taking up the whole town um but uh we went to to Budapest the next day and we were trying to get to the thermal baths um and uh but we were running a little bit late and Jacinto and Mar were just like, Robin, you got to run. You got to run. And I was like limping. I was like, I'm trying. <laughs> you know, like I'm trying to get there, but um, I'm good now. It, it feels good. It's, it's, it's calmed down. I, I saw the physio last night. I'm going to see him again tomorrow. Um, it's just, I got to stretch, but I need to stretch more and be better at yoga. And I'm working with two guys in um, Florida as well. They, I send them video and um, they've given me some stretches to do uh, that I did before the race as well. Um, they specialize in gait and body composition. So, um, so they've been, um, you know, one of the, I haven't talked to his partner yet, but his partner um, I'll be working with this week, uh, but they've been uh, incredible. And then Angel, as I said here, has been amazing. Um, but yeah, it was, it was pretty excruciating. It was, it was, uh, I was fighting tears. I was fighting, like, I was like happy, like tears, but then it was, there was like, <laughs> like I said, like when I went by that girl and I was just like, I actually did let out this. <laughs> and she was just like, are you okay? Like, yeah, yeah. Just breathe it through it. Just breathe it through. <laughs> so, I mean, in terms of injuries, I feel like a hamstring's one you could push through depending on if it's tight or pull. But to me, the most annoying injury would be a calf injury, especially for a runner or a walker, because oh yeah, you can't you can't do anything with that if it's if it's pulled, twisted, or whatever. 
Well, you can't do anything with a pulled hamstring either. Like you really uh, shouldn't yeah. push through. You shouldn't push I mean, through it unless like I wouldn't have if I I knew I know my body. I've been injured enough in my life. I've been doing this for many years. Um so I, I'm really familiar with my body. So I wouldn't recommend just pushing through. I mean, I, and I'm also with experts. I'm with the best coach I could ask for. He was right there. He's, he's been watching my training. I have one of the best um, physios working on me and um, I'm in good hands. So it, you know, I wouldn't have made take, you know, I listened to my body and I did what um, I could have pushed harder. Um, but I, I did just enough to have a perfect race, um, with no calls and, and get the records and get the time that I need, um, and motivate myself because it was a motivating race. Uh, but yeah, it was, I, I listen, I do listen to it. I, I have had a, a half injury and actually this is all linked to very tight calves and anybody who's ever worked with on my body could probably attest that I'm possibly the tightest person you'll you'll ever know because <laughs> i'm would, super tight <laughs> that would make me that would make me second because my cat because my calves are never loose oh yeah my calves are so tight it's ridiculous so we've been working on it i i actually um in 2016 that's why i missed the olympics that year um because i pulled my calf muscle a week before Olympic trials in 2016. And I walked the trials. I was um, ranked top three, but I um, ended up 11th because, and I was so happy because um, I almost didn't, you know, my coach at the time was Susan Armenta. She was terrified for me to race. She did not want me injured for the rest of my life. And she thought it could cause further damage. Um, so I had like three MRIs done I went to every expert I could possibly see because I missed 2004 Olympics because of an Achilles injury. And then I took 12 years off. You know, I retired from the sport and never expected to come back. And um, so I was like, no, I'm not missing trials that I've qualified for again. I want to walk. I don't know how much longer I'm going to be doing this. I thought I was going to retire from the sport again after 2016, just because I have a bills to pay and stuff race walkers don't make money. And, um, and, you know, so I had asked my doctors, I was like, look, I just want to be able to just cross that finish line. So in 2016, that was the success of, I just crossed that finish line and I had my calf all taped up. Uh, Ed, um, one of the, one of our just amazing staff members who is usually on the team for Olympics and worlds and who would work with John Nunn. He had taped me up, which it was funny because that was what got me through the race, but I'm allergic to glue, the glue and the tape. So I actually can't use the tape that everybody uses, like KT tape and all that. Like even to get a little bit of a reaction, like a skin irritant reaction. So I actually, by the end of that 2016 trials race, I was just really itchy behind my knee because of where the tape was. <laughs> but um, bet you that is yeah, calf, calf injuries are not fun. <laughs> Bet you that itchiness made you about three minutes faster. Like, I've got to get over with this. Oh, yeah, I got to get done. I just want to finish. Ah, yeah. But, I mean, that was not my fastest race, but it was a successful race in my eyes because it was the first one I got to finish. 
that I had qualified for. I didn't even get to start in 2004 because of the Achilles injury. So anyway, that, but because of my history, um, I'm really good at listening to my body now. And, uh, and now more than ever, I'm getting better about stretching, which is really a lame excuse on my end because I was a dancer for several years before I was a, a track and field athlete. And I used to stretch 30 to 30 minutes to an hour every day from the time I was like maybe eight years old till 16 years old. And then when I started track and field, all of that stopped and I was never stretching. And then in college, they never give you time to stretch. So then I just got completely out of the habit. And uh, so now my coach actually has to write into my program plus stretching, you know, because if it's on my program, I'll do it. But if he doesn't write it in there, it's like, oh, I'll get around to it. I'll get around. And then I never get around to it. Um, but everybody listening to this, stretching is really important. And that's how our calves won't stay tight. And if your calves are tight, it's going to make other things tight because everything is connected. So, so, uh, Robin's get, so Robin's going to be busy in the month of May because she's got a, what is it? 10K in Madrid and a 20K in uh, Corona at the end of the month. Yes. Um, so why I'm here as well for three months, I decided that um, I could get the most out of my training program and, and my fitness here uh, with my coach and Spanish teammates and by participating in our World Athletics Race Walk Tour. So most of the races are in Europe. So um, it did come at a cost of I'm making no money this year because I had to decide to forego defending any of my national titles. Um, they had scheduled our 20K this past Sunday to conflict with students. So, um, of course, uh, of course. Of course. of course. Yeah. And they knew, they knew about the events. They knew I was doing it too. And, and originally we we're supposed to do it April 17th at Mount Sac or at Prefontaine Classic. So um, we won't get into the politics of why they, they probably chose uh, this Sunday where we don't have time for that, but um, I am participating in the world athletic series. And um, so uh, part of that was Porta Brady, which is what I did in April 2nd, and then Dudens, which is what I just did, and then Madrid 10K, where I'll go after the 10K American record as long as my hamstring um, holds up, and then uh, Alcarunia, where I'm hoping for the um, 20K American record. Just set all the just set all the American records this year. Yeah, <laughs> and make no money while doing it. <laughs> But I'm having an amazing experience out here, and um, I'm so grateful for it. Well, the well, the ultimate goal this year isn't in April, May, June, but July, because for the first time ever, the United States is hosting the World Track and Field Championships in Eugene, Oregon, and somebody's got an auto qualifier. Yes. In the thirty-five um, k. Yeah, I'm so excited. And Oregon is the heaven for track and field athletes in America. So, I mean, you can't beat if any if you're in track and field, you can't beat any other place than Eugene. Like that's it's just a great place to be. And I'm so happy that that's where we get to have our first world championships in the U.S. And um, it'll be really exciting for, you know, I hope we can put on a really good show, you know our home country yeah you you just going to do the 35k i'm guessing 
Um, it depends. I'm hoping to double. I plan to double because the 20K is first and it's a week prior. July um, 15th. I think it's actually like the first event of the meet. The 20K, yes. Yeah. And then um, and then the, the 35K is the 22nd. Um, but we'll see now what my coach decides. Uh, I do aim for both, but uh, that was before... Um, I could be potentially a metal contender. So in the 35K, so now it just depends. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see how Madrid and Alcarunia go. And we'll see how training goes. I'll be training in Colorado in June with the Spanish team um, leading up for Oregon. Uh, so depending on how all that goes, uh, uh, I'll either just do the 35K or I'll do both because it's still possible, like, you know, um, 20K before the 35K is the perfect arrangement. Um, and we have a whole week between, and normally I'm going to be doing a 20K a week before a 35K anyway. So in training in general, so. And plus you get all the jitters out of the way because how many times you see all the top runners struggling at first race because their nerves are so different especially for you because this is going to be the first worlds on american soil yeah i don't actually tend to get nervous um be honest i can't be honest i can't sleep before any of my races really oh i sleep so much before my races um how do you how do you sleep what do you do the night before race uh, I like to get eight to 10 hours of sleep for at least four days going into a race. So I mean, the night um, before sleep, just like turn off all the, maybe my problem is I keep all my devices on me. You got to turn off your devices. I do. So the night before is harder to sleep, get my eight to 10 hours. That's why I'm so adamant about getting it four days in a row going in because it's just in case the night before, if I don't sleep well, it doesn't matter because um, usually it's the sleep that you get two nights before. That's the most important. Um, so, uh, I don't always get that eight to 10 the night before. Sometimes it's only six hours, but, um, I'm in bed eight to 10 hours before I need to get up and I'm relaxing. And I just try to make sure I'm just doing stuff that don't stress me out. Um, but yeah, you don't want your, you don't want your phone next to you. <laughs> you need to sleep. Especially you, because, you know, you you have a podcast that you're probably getting and you, you you know, you update your Twitter a lot and stuff. And so it's like you want to make sure you're not like, you know, I'm getting pulled away. And that's what I have to do is I, I just put my phone. I always have my phone on silent for one. I don't I hate the sound of ringtones. So the only time it's a problem is when I lose. I misplace my phone. I can't find it because when people are like, oh, I'll just call it. I'm like, that doesn't help because my phone's completely on silent at all times. But um, that's the other thing is it's always on silent. The only time I'm going to see a message is if I wake up to pee. And um, I'm really good about, I'm just, uh, I love sleep. I think it's so important. Sleep and hydration is like the secret to everything. Um, especially, especially in Florida seed and humidity, because uh, you can attest when you ran the wall, ran the Olympic trials in Eugene, well, walked the Olympic trials in Eugene last year. It felt more like a sauna. Yeah, but I love it. I'd rather be in a sauna than freezing. So uh, I, 
I like being hot. I mean, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't, um, it's not the best for the fastest times, but yeah, it's very important because if you're sweating all that, especially because you guys have humidity, right? In Florida. So yeah, you're sweating out. So you want at least in general, everybody should have about 64 ounces, but if you live in a humidity place, you should be getting at least 120 ounces of, of water electrolytes every day. And most people barely get eight ounces. So that's so do you a have a fact. so do you have a goal for the wards or just take it as it be especially in the 35k where that's a well that's a different event because the women walked 20k at the olympics last year while the men did 20 and 50 yeah yeah it's unfortunate the sexism there but um this is the first time that we get both and it'll be interesting to see what um, some of the women choose to do. Uh, the men have always been lucky year after year because some of them make Olympic teams because solely because there are two events for them. And so their bigger competitors choose the other event. Um, for us, we only had one. So um, it'll be interesting to see, like, I, I know like the Spanish team, um, the Spanish are probably among some of the best race walkers in the world. I mean, they are among the best race walkers, men and women. They have such a strong field that um, my friend Mar, my, my friend and teammate, she's the fourth Spanish race walker, but she's ranked 15th in the world. And she won't make the team depending if um, the other three girls to ahead of her choose to do the 35 K. Um, so it'll be interesting to see like what some of the girls choose to do. Cause there's a lot of girls that, um, that are really good at both the 20 K and the 35 K and, but not everyone's going to double. Um, I know European championships is two weeks later. So it all depends what the year, like a lot of the European walkers, what they did, what they're going to prioritize more, the European championships or world championships. Some prioritize European championships more, I think, because they just get a better payday um, with those kind of results. Um, so it'll be, I, I don't know, it'll be really exciting to see what, what everybody ends up doing. Um, and it'll be, it, it it's going to be a, a good, it's going to be an exciting race, both of them. It's going to be I know Saki Japan's got a rich history in race walking, but yet in last summer's Olympics, it seemed like a, a lot of Japan's runners struggle with depression. Maybe the expectation yeah, the of a race walking much. powerhouse. Oh yeah, well they they are they don't have as many women, um, but their men are incredible. Um, for the women, it's the Chinese, uh, but. Um, yeah, I think the, I think the pressure just got to them because in like the Japanese culture, honor is everything. And it's like the, they want to honor their country. And, um, I, yeah, I think that for the, I mean, they still meddled, um, but I remember like he should have won and he was crying and, uh, you could tell, you could tell he just felt so devastated. Like he let down his country and yeah, he did this remarkable time, um, but yeah, I think, I think the pressure just got, got to a few of them because it's such, it's in their hometown and honor is such a big part of their culture. Um, so. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's going to be interesting to 
see, see a what athletes pick for Eugene, whether it's 20, 35, whether some just stay in, stay in Europe for the Euros this year. How about a crazy yeah. year with, with Wolves, Euros, and Commonwealth this year? Lord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of my friends, uh, Beth Ann Davies, she's, uh, she actually might not, she was in Dudent, she just broke her own um, national record there. Um, she might not even do world. I don't, I'm not sure, uh, because she has Commonwealth and she has European championships as well. And so it's like, they're back to back to back because it's worlds. Then Commonwealth is the weekend after. And then, um, uh, European two weeks later, that's quite a bit of just going all over. <laughs> just because, yeah, I'm trying to think where would the, I think the Euros are in, Trying to think here. I think the Euros are in Berlin or somewhere. I'm not exactly sure. Oh, the European Championships is going to be in Munich, I think. Oh, okay. Well, well, I'm in the right country. Just, <laughs> yeah. Just a little, just a little north, maybe. Yeah, just a wrong area. <laughs> so, well, I, I have the advantage that I, I'm here in Europe and I just talked to Beth Ann. So, okay. <laughs> so um, that's the only reason why I know. But, um, and then also like all my teammates here are getting ready for it. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll see. I don't, I don't know if they're using the same course. I know the German national championships is April 30th. Uh, and I'm not sure if they're doing the same course for Commonwealth, but if they are, we'll, we'll have a little glimpse of the, that's what I love about Europe is they're really good about um, coverage. They, you can always watch the events. Yeah, the uh, Commonwealth, the Commonwealths in uh, Birmingham, England, and the uh, Euro and the Euros will be in Munich. So it's going to be a crazy year for everybody. Oh. Yeah, and then it, that's they're, they're expensive places to fly to too. You know, flying all the way to Eugene and then flying all the way to London and then Munich. It's just it's, that's a lot. So yeah, yeah. Where's NetJet when you need them? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, our private jets. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that's what every athlete should do. We all should just go get our pilots. Like anybody who's college age, I advise you get your pilot license. <laughs> you may need it later. So fly yourself everywhere for cheap. <laughs> yeah, take my Cessna. The only problem is how you want to fly over the Atlantic. Yeah. Maybe yeah. fly the Bermuda. Yeah, yeah, or Bermuda. Oh, that. Speaking of, we don't even know. We're still waiting on word for our um, NACAC, and it was supposed to be either in Bermuda or Costa Rica. So, and that's going to be, I think, in October. So, just add tangent. So, thank you for hopping on, Robin. We wish you well, and uh, hopefully this year uh, you'll be rocking the stars and stripes in Eugene because. There'd be nothing more exciting than seeing you uh, on the awards, on the uh, athletic stage this summer. Thank you so much. And I thoroughly enjoy chatting with you, Dylan. Thank you for your time.